This episode of I Work For Him is brought to you by SaferNet. Online, SaferNet.com. You've tuned into I Work For Him, the voice of collaboration for the faith and work movement. We are your hosts, Jim and Martha Brangenberg, and our mission is to transform the workplace of every Christian into a mission field. So what does that look like in your workplace? Well, let's find out right now. You know, Thanksgiving begins the most wonderful time of the year. It makes me want to start singing. It's the beginning of the holidays. Eggnog is on the shelves, and I'm super excited. It's a time where families gather, and together we celebrate all the great things that God has done during the previous year. However, for Thanksgiving, on Thanksgiving, some, it's just a miserable and lonely time. Is there a solution to eliminating the loneliness and the misery of people being alone for the holidays? There is. It's called the power of neighboring at Thanksgiving. You can, wow, now I've done it. (laughs) You said, I am not going to start over. (laughs) All right, so I'm not going to. However, for some, Thanksgiving and the rest of the holidays are just a time to be miserable and lonely. Is there a solution? There is a solution. The power of neighboring at Thanksgiving can bring joy and happiness and a new level of friendship to some of your neighbors that you live near and you work with. Thanks for tuning into a special I Work For Him Thanksgiving edition. I would say that was probably the roughest <laughs> opening we've ever had, Martha. Hey, but, but I'm the two thankful of us, for you. I'm thankful for you too and for the power of editing. But we're not going to edit that stuff because you guys just need to know that we're real. You know, we wanted to spend time today talking about Thanksgiving and how you can transform Thanksgiving. It's just one of those holidays that you just, for crying out loud, shouldn't be alone. So where did this idea come from, Martha? This idea of the power of neighboring? Well, I think, Jim, over our marriage for a lot of years, it's been a very important part of the the fabric, really, of our marriage and our family. Um, and then it really culminated this fall when you actually got to preach a sermon at our church on the power of neighboring, where you were able to really look at all God has taught us through the years and put it into a format. Yeah. And we really learned a lot of that I mean, both of our parents, growing up in our parents' household, they did some neighboring things. I think your parents did a really great job of instilling the power of neighboring at Thanksgiving time. And so I I love that. But, you know, I got this idea of the power of neighboring from the Good Samaritan story. And Jesus just had a lot to say about the power of neighboring. I mean, that one religious ruler came up and said to him, you know, how do I... You know, how do I get eternal life? And he says, you know, and he tells him, you know, love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself, and obey all the commandments. And the guy goes, well, I've done all that stuff. Well, then get rid of all of your, you know, then he says, well, who's my neighbor? That's what it was. Did I just totally blow all of that? (laughs) This is, I work for him unplugged today. That's what this is. Is that what we're calling it? I mean, the the guy says that the, the, says, who's my, well, who's my neighbor? It's kind of being a smart mouth about it. Well, because he says, love your neighbor as yourself. Well, who's my neighbor? And so Jesus says the good Samaritan story, which turns out the priest comes by and the hurt and the the guy that got beat up, he walks on the other side of the road. And then the Levite comes by, which is also a religious worker comes by. He probably owns his own 501c3. And and he, he walked away on the other side. And then the Samaritan who is a despised half-breed Jew that they hated and they they actually walked around the part of uh, Israel that was Samaria because they didn't even want to be associated with those people. 
That's the guy that took care of the guy that was the hurt Jew. Mm-hmm. That's neighboring. So who's my neighbor today? Well, that's a great question because you're my neighbor. We are. Yes. Won't you be? My we are each other's neighbors, but it's so much more than that, because I think a lot of times people only think about the people that live near them. But if the Good Samaritan was being neighborly to somebody, he didn't even know that person, nor did he know where he was from. I mean, he didn't take him home, Jim. He took him back to a, he took him somewhere to be taken care of. To an inn. And um, so Five he, stars, he didn't even know where he lived. Probably not. No, didn't have one of those light Probably mirrors. Could, yeah. So, but the but the whole point is, is that we don't even, they, like, they didn't necessarily, they, we know they didn't live near each other because they were of different um, breeds and they, you know, didn't get to get along, but he cared for him. And that's what- <laughs> They were human beings. They were from different, different cultures, different nationalities. Yes. Yes. I think everybody understands what I'm saying. But a lot of times we think about our neighbors just being the people that live on each side of us and in front of us and back of us. But in the context of I work for him- we love to think about the neighbors that we work alongside. So whether we're on the phone with people all day or we actually are in cubicles near each other or down the hall from each other, I mean, all those are people that are our neighbors because God has put us in proximity to them to have relationships. Or maybe you work in a store and your neighbors is somebody that's taking care of the aisles two aisles over, or maybe you work in a used car dealership and it's the guy that's working in detailing. I mean, you don't, you don't know your neighbors are those people that you're around during the day. Martha, we learned about the power of neighboring personally in our own marriage when we lived in Florida. For mm-hmm. 20 years, we lived in two different homeowners associations, which that's a whole nother story for a whole nother podcast. They could listen to your sermon. I'll put the link in the show. That's so right. They could That'd be a good idea. But <laughs> needless to say, homeowners associations. They really help you to learn um, how to never want to go to prison. Okay. So mature you. Yeah, they do mature you. Okay. So what we saw, we lived in a homeowners association, 30 townhouses right off the right right near the beach in the Rocks Beach, Florida. And the people that were in charge of the association, they enjoyed the power. And the neighborhood was really divided. And there was a lot of angst. And and we just decided we wanted to change our neighborhood. And so one of us had to run to become president of the association. And I volunteered Martha because she's way more full of grace and could tolerate a whole lot more stupid than I can. And so Martha ran for president and I said, I'll do whatever I can to help you. I just won't have an office. And we then made a point to know every person who owned every townhouse, we made sure we knew all of them. We got a chance to pray with them. And basically with Martha as president, eliminating rules that were ridiculous and supporting things that were really pro-neighborhood, we transformed that neighborhood by loving our neighbors, didn't we? We did. And I think, I don't know, maybe this is just my personality, but I, what I want to point out is we didn't move in there and go, we're going to change this neighborhood. That no, was out of desperateness. It was, it was out of a desire to have a place where, you know, people were waving at each other and friendly to each other and, you know, sharing the cup of sugar when you need to make chocolate chip cookies, right? Because that's really important. So having those relationships and we just desired that. And so we just felt like the Lord said, you know, do what you can to, be neighborly and to help this actually feel like a neighborhood. And that's that's where what those actions came out of. Well, and it was so important that, to us to get that done. And we were able to get it done just by loving on people and getting to know their names, getting to know their kids' names or their grandkids' names or whatever it was. It, it was 
when we left that neighborhood, I cried like a baby. It was the greatest time ever in a neighborhood because we really loved people. Uh, I don't know. Was it weird though? They all helped us pack our truck to move. Maybe, maybe they were ready for us to go. You know, when we think of being neighborly, we often think about telling our neighbors about something that's on sale or a new product we've tried or a new TV show. Well, we've recently started protecting the computers in our office and our home with VPN by SaferNet, SaferNet VPN. This amazing tool protects us from the bad guys, not only with a VPN, but with antivirus and web filters. They're out, the bad guys are out there trying to wreak havoc on our computers. And SaferNet has all these website filters that'll help protect us from all of that stuff. Go to safernetvpn.com, check it out, um, and, and make sure you if you if you sign up, tell them that I work for him sent you. I mean, it's not only did it help us keep out the bad guys, but it's actually made our access to the internet significantly faster. Uh, and that's not something they promise, but it's something that we've seen. SaferNet VPN, check it out online. So Let's talk about how all of this power of neighboring gym applies to Thanksgiving, because that is really the question, because we're talking right now just a little bit before Thanksgiving so that we can have a conversation so that we don't miss it. You know, there's nothing worse than going, oh, I didn't tell you about that sale that was last week. No, it's about, oh, I'm telling you we're having this conversation a little bit ahead of time so we can actually make some changes in what we do even this year. You know, Martha, one of the things that I always, okay, it bothered me a little, but I, I went, now I look back, it was very, very cool. But your parents were really good at this. They were really good at inviting people over for Thanksgiving who were going to be alone. They were really good about looking and whether it was people they worked with, people they went to church with, whether there was neighbors or somebody that we were in a Bible study with. Right. We had lots of different people over. I mean, Martha and I have been together. We've been friends for 40 plus years. We've been married for 37 plus years. And so we've had a lot of Thanksgivings together. And your parents were just really good at inviting people over. You know, I was thinking about the fact that Thanksgiving's kind of a safe holiday because you're not gift giving. So it's not this weird, oh, I'm inviting you over, but you got to give gifts. No, your recipe sharing. You're all just eating, right? And being thankful. And it's not, um, it's not a device. at least in my experience, it's not a divisive holiday. It's not one, we, you know, we we um, attri- go to the historical truth of our country and we love Thanksgiving. Well, because I know some people try to make everything divisive and, or, you know, and, and get angry about things. But the fact of the matter is Thanksgiving is a, a, a holiday to be grateful. It's, um, my mom always said, put a little more water in the soup, right? You you can make it go a little further to invite more people in. I never saw your mom do that. She did. She did? Yes. Okay. Always there was those... always plenty of food at yes. the Haynes household. There's yes. no question about that. Well, and that, isn't that the point, though, too? This is really not an excuse to say we're not going to have enough food. Like, my 15-pound turkey won't feed enough people or yeah. How many whatever. of you have ever had not had leftovers after Thanksgiving? Always have leftovers. You always have leftovers. Always. Uh, in fact... You cook for the leftovers. That's part of the deal. All right. So the question is, who do you live near or work with that's going to be alone at Thanksgiving? And do you even know? And we're how, challenging. How do we find that out, Jim? What do you think? Ooh, knock on Hi, I'm Jim. I'm your neighbor. Uh, are you going to be alone at Thanksgiving? Or, about what are you doing for Thanksgiving? Oh, or you can do that at work that maybe you're you, you peeking over the cubicle. So what are you doing for Thanksgiving? Yeah. Yeah. We're like, well, having the 
Oh, I'm watching I football. I like, well, you watch a football with your friends and family. Yeah, I mean, just find out. Yeah. I mean, there are people that we know, all of us colloquially, that are going to be alone at Thanksgiving. Now, honestly, there are a few people that may actually want to be alone, but most everybody, if they're alone, they're not doing it because they want to do it. They're doing it because they, their family's gone or they're alienated from their family or it's a recent divorce or they're too far away um, geographically from their family to go home for a short weekend. So yeah. I, you know, find out who's going to be alone and then invite them to your family. It's going to change things. I, I, honestly, I grew up in a household where inviting strangers or inviting people that weren't family over for Thanksgiving, it just didn't happen. Martha's family was really good at it. Uh, my, my dad just didn't. Well, just think about it this way, is that you can tell all of the family stories and you have a new audience. Yeah. Like, this is you can like, tell joke number 74 again, and maybe can. that new person will laugh. You can. And oh, your grandpa Frank would be so proud. He would love that. But, you know, really, it's really about just shifting that perspective and saying, you know, how can we bless this person? And they're going to bless us in return. It's that whole give to get and, thing, and too, because really, you just, you're you're together. And it really transforms Thanksgiving Day because it it makes it. You get, I mean, think of the, the conversation is going to be fresh and it's really going to be an encouragement to so many people to actually invite them. You're inviting them into your world and it's powerful because it gets you a chance when you love on people like that, it gives you a chance to tell them about Jesus. Whether they know Jesus or not, you're going to pray for the Thanksgiving meal. You're going to have, it's going to come up in conversation. You're going to change somebody's life if you invite them over for Thanksgiving. And that's why we're doing this podcast this week. We want to challenge you invite some people over for Thanksgiving who are going to be alone. And maybe you don't find anybody, but at least you tried. You know, so one of the things that I think about in in context of that, Jim, is just the fact that as a child, when we had different people over in our home, like they just became a part of the family. Like not, not like, oh, now I got to get them Christmas gifts and stuff, but it was, it was just a, it just was an extension and it, it felt really good. And to um, just, I don't know, have that camaraderie and that fellowship with additional people was a special thing. So just want to think about that. Yeah, I mean, it's, it, Thanksgiving is just a great, it's a great time. Well, Thanksgiving is, like I was alluding to earlier, really is a holiday that is at the root of how our nation was born. And something else that really celebrates our nation's roots is Patriot Mobile, which is a conservative wireless carrier that actually supports our God-given right for freedom. So we recently switched to Patriot Mobile, and we're so grateful that our dollars are fighting for freedom and not against it. So you can check out Patriot Mobile by going to patriotmobile.com forward slash I work for him. I'll have that in the show links as well. And you can support the work of I work for him while getting great service. They got access to all of the towers of all the major carriers. Uh, and and frankly, since we switched, it's just been it's been pain free. Love it. PatriotMobile.com forward slash I work for him. So what kind of Thanksgiving traditions do you have that will promote being thankful? That's something around the Thanksgiving table. We recommend you got to at least ask one question. I know Martha's mom was one of the, she would always ask, well, what are you thankful for, for this year? And of course I always, if you're really a smart guy, you'd say, well, I'm thankful for my wife because you'd be smart. You'd be an idiot if you didn't do that. Try to encourage conversation like that around the table as much as much as I gave your parents a hard time about this, Martha. It really is a good thing. You know, it's well, 
but it was good. You were probably wishing that we could have dessert. And they maybe did it before dessert or something. <laughs> Never make those questions before the pie. Never before the, the pie. pie and then have the conversation. But, you know, I think it's it's almost it would <laughs> be sad. Just, it would know. be sad, though, if you didn't have that conversation. You, you, you're together. You're gathered with people that you care about. You've had a wonderful meal, no matter what it is, whatever your family traditions are um, for the food and the menu and the dessert that you really do spend some time being grateful. You know, I have a journal that I've started using in the last year, and a lot of people I've talked to do this as well, where every day they write three things down in their journal that they are thankful for or grateful for, and then three different things the next day and three different things the next day. And if we are really, truly digging deep, we'll never run out of things that we can be thankful for. So, um, you know, Thanksgiving is just one of those times where we finally articulate it um, out loud to the other people in our families and or those gathered around the table. Yeah, a caveat. When you're inviting people over for Thanksgiving dinner, a lot of times you, people ask, hey, bring over your favorite dish. If they can't cook, don't ask them to bring something. Yeah, just <laughs> ask them to go bring... to Village Inn and get a pie, right? Oh, if there's a Village Inn nearby, make sure you get a French silk pie. That'd be good. That's not Martha's favorite, but it's mine. But you can add, give them something that's easy, like the dinner rolls. Get them squishy Hawaiian ones or, uh, you know, like the pies or the cranberry sauce in a can. You're just like you could have your own little I could. DIY stuffing, show here. You know, have them bring the stuff. I don't know, but. Not the stuffing. The stuffing's hard. Uh, In fact, I'm glad my mom's coming this year because I told her, you got to walk me through making this stuffing. Mm, The family stuffing recipe uh, is pretty good. I don't have it down. No. All right. But be thankful this year and help others to be thankful by inviting them over for Thanksgiving dinner. This really helps to fulfill number three on the I Work for M Nation pledge. Remember, the I Work for M Nation pledge is just how do you activate your faith at work? Number one is to start praying for your coworkers and employees by name each and every day. Because when you pray for people, your heart starts to change towards them and it gives you an opportunity to have conversations with them. Number two is look for ways to serve them over and above what your job requires you to do. That's great. Do that at work. But number three is get to know them, befriend them outside of the workplace. Thanksgiving dinner is a great way to do that because you can invite them over into your world and love on them and feed them because food is the international language of love. Feed them and and really get to know them. Let them experience your family, even if it's dysfunctional. Oh, yeah. All families are dysfunctional. Let them see it all. It's okay. You're just being real. Jesus never expected any of us to be perfect. He just expected us to be loving on our neighbors. So make sure you do that. But remember, the number four part of the I Work From Nation pledge, when you see somebody come in, that they're normally up and, and you know what their regular demeanor is and they just seem a little down and out, just ask them how they're doing. And when they respond, I'm fine. You say, really? Freaked out? Insecure? Neurotic? And emotional? Really? How are you doing? Then shut up and listen. And when they're done sharing, say, hey, thanks for sharing that. Can I pray with you about that right now? Nobody's ever told me no. And that'd be a great way to invite them over for Thanksgiving. I'm sorry that you're having a bad time. Want to come over for Thanksgiving? We're having a crowd of people and we'd love to have you. You know, I was thinking as you were explaining that too, Jim, is Spending Thanksgiving with some people that maybe you work with gives you a new level of relationship. Like you know them in a different way outside of work with their hair down a little bit, maybe around their cooking. Maybe they're a foodie. Maybe they actually, Ooh. you know, going to introduce you to Definitely some new things that, over for that you've never had before. But, you know, then Monday morning, you have something new to talk about with them. 
that you and you can tell if their demeanor was different. If you saw them in a different way than you've ever seen them at work, you're going to know them differently now going forward. These are all just little tips to help us when we're in our workplace to better be able to relate with those people that we work with so that God can open the door for that conversation to go further into Jesus Christ. And like you were saying, Jim, you know, praying over the food, giving God the glory, being grateful. Those are all things that maybe other people haven't had modeled in their own home. We have no idea what other people's experiences have been like, but getting them to see our experiences helps them to see the light of Christ, no matter how imperfect we may. And and you know, we do know this one thing. We've all watched Thanksgiving movies where everything falls apart. Even if that's at your house and you end up throwing food at each other, they'll have something to tell about. And then you'll have those inside stories. You'll have that, you know, you just, you'll have that bond, the common bond over thrown mashed potatoes. It's just, it's a great thing. Well, I just, our biggest encouragement is, is this. You got neighbors, whether you work with them, you live near them, somebody's going to be alone. Invite them into your home for Thanksgiving or wherever you're going to Thanksgiving and include them in the day. Don't let them be alone. That's just the worst. It's what, what did I, what did I say in our, our daily power thought that we've got going out this week? I said, that's just a big fat bummer. It just really is. Yeah. But we are grateful for you, our listeners. Super thrilled. Ten and a half years of doing this podcast and radio broadcast, and we're grateful for you. Thanksgiving isn't the only time for us to let you know this, but it's a great time for us to remind you that we are grateful for you. Giving Tuesday is the Tuesday right after Thanksgiving, and we could use your support. It's a time when our country focuses on supporting work that we believe in. Consider giving to iWorkForM. Go to iWorkForM.com forward slash donate. During this giving season, remember the thousands and thousands. Now it's tens and tens of thousands of people that have been impacted by this ministry. Help us to impact more in 2024. Ooh, that's a good one. Help us to impact more in 2024. Go to iworkforhim.com forward slash donate. And we are thankful for you. You've been listening to I Work For Him with your host, Jim and Martha Brangenberg. We're Christ followers. Our workplace, it's our mission field, but ultimately, I I work for for him. him. This episode of I Work For Him is brought to you by SaferNet. Online, SaferNet.com. Business owners, listen up. Criminals and search engines do not need to know everything you do on the internet. SaferNet VPN ensures your company's safety with its powerful cybersecurity defenses. Explore the Control Center dashboard for seamless management. Shield your workforce from inappropriate web content using 84 internet filters. Trust SaferNet VPN. Your path to worry-free online operations. Get secured now. Sign up at safernet.com. That's safernet.com. Did you know that God has a calling on your life? It's true. He's called you to bring Jesus to the world. For some, that may look like a pulpit or a foreign mission field. But for most of us, it looks like a construction site, a cubicle, a hospital, or a classroom. Wherever it is that you work, live, volunteer, and invest, that is your mission field. To learn more about integrating your faith into your work and retirement, check out our books, I Work For Him, She Works For Him, and I Retire For Him by going to iworkforhim.com slash bookstore. Thanks for listening to the I Work For Him podcast with your host, Jim and Martha Brangenberg. Please visit iworkforhim.com to learn more about connecting your faith and work, to join the I Work For Him nation, or subscribe to our weekly blog. You can also follow us on social media at I Work For Him to stay up to date and meet our guests. If today's message spoke to you, please subscribe, rate, and review the show on your favorite podcast platform. Your review will launch more workplace missionaries across America. 
That's at I Work For Him and online at IWorkForHim.com. I work, the number four, him.com. <laughs> <laughs> 